This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Later in the program, pharmacist John Papasturgio from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association drops by. If you have any medical or medication questions, here are the numbers to call. I'll give them to you ahead of time. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. My friends from Bladder Cancer Canada are also here to talk about knowing the signs and symptoms symptoms of bladder cancer, and how yellow helps if you are diagnosed with bladder cancer. But first, the latest from the legal proceedings around the suspect in last month's horrific van attack on Young Street. 25-year-old Alec Manassian of Richmond Hill appeared in court this morning, his second court appearance, where he was formally charged with three additional counts of attempted murder. In all, he is facing 10 first-degree murder charges and 16 attempted murder charges. He also has new representation in highly respected Toronto defense lawyers Boris Batensky and Brees Davies. Another respected Toronto defense lawyer joins me now on the phone. Ari Goldkind, welcome. Good afternoon. Good to be on with you. What should we garner from the news that Manassian is being represented by some of the best in the business? Well, really not much, to be honest. I think that was an interesting story in the Star. There are very, very good criminal defense lawyers in Toronto. These two are known as competent and good defense lawyers. These are not sort of name brands like Marie Hennon, Gomeshi's lawyer, or others who represent Bruce MacArthur. So uh, it was interesting to see who he chose. But uh, this is a city filled with good criminal defense lawyers, and um, I thought the reporting was sort of interesting this morning about it, but um, he's in good hands, as he would be, quite frankly, Jane, with uh, a huge segment of the criminal defense bar in downtown Toronto. Should we, is there anything we can read from this, though? Like, would this be um, the defense that his parents wanted to put in place? What Does this, having this kind of representation, indicate any sort of remorse or mindset of the suspect? No, in fact, what's really interesting, and, you know, it's a good question you ask. Let's go behind the scenes. I often wonder, and I'm a criminal defense lawyer, and I've been very lucky in my career, how does Manassian end up with the, with uh, Mr. Batensky? Is it somebody his father contacted? Is Did somebody go into the jail seeking his business? Because there are elements of my job where I see lawyers do things that concern me and other lawyers, and, you know, the powers that be are always interested in how that sort of thing happens. So without knowing more how this came to be, it's entirely possible that maybe somebody in uh, Mr. Manassian's father's family had used Mr. Batensky in the past or word of mouth, and that's how these things are. We all know this from real estate agents to insurance people. You ask, do you know anybody? It could be from seeing somebody, uh, another case or in public. But until we know that, it's too hard to know. But as I said, when... uh, 
when the criminal defense bar saw who was chosen, I think there was some interest and surprise. And as I said, uh, there are so many good lawyers in this city, and he has chosen two that are sort of less well-known brands, shall we say. Would In this particular case, which would appear to be a slam-dunk case and uh, the horrific nature of the whole thing, as a defense lawyer, if you are asked by a family to defend a suspect in this type of case, can you say no, or is that your obligation as a defense lawyer? Do you feel that obligation to represent someone uh, uh, who's being accused of, of such awful crimes? Here's the truth, and it'll surprise a lot of your listeners, I think. Not only can you say no, which you can, you wouldn't say no in about a trillion years. This is a dream case for a defense lawyer. This is a dream case for a defense firm. This is a career-making case. You saw perhaps clips, or your listeners saw clips of the scrum today where you have 50 cameras in your face. Yes. This is what you get up in the morning for in this job. I'm not talking about the hurt or the pain to the deceased and victim's family, but as a criminal defense lawyer, Jane, this is why you live and breathe to get that one call in a case like Manassian. And the other thing about this case, again, not speaking about the terror and damage caused by this person, is this is an extraordinarily easy case as a criminal defense lawyer, not because, again, to be delicate to people who take this the wrong way, the damage done, but it's an easy case because this isn't a whodunit. It wasn't O.J. Simpson driving that van. This is going to come down to his mental health status. That's what you do as a criminal lawyer when you basically have sort of a hopeless case where the evidence is unbelievable and insurmountable. So that will be the angle explored here. But there is very, very little stress, but for the workload, Jane, and the amount of material to go through, where you don't lose sleep at night the way all criminal defense lawyers do, when they know they're defending an actually innocent person that is being framed by an accuser or the state or the government, obviously. Ari, knowing you have to go in 30 seconds, uh, what is the best that his lawyers can do for Alec Manassian? The best they can do is try and find, I'm being very specific here, and people can read between my lines, you can try and find some defense expert somewhere to try and give some kind of way out by saying at the material time, he rented the van, formulated the plan to get the plan, rented the truck, drove to get to the scene at Young, mowed everybody down, and at the time he was taken down by that officer that we all saw the footage, that he was not criminally responsible because of a mental defect where he couldn't appreciate the nature and gravity of what he did. And I can tell you, Jane, based on my knowledge, unless the moon uh, no longer appears at night or the sun doesn't rise from the east, that's going to be a very, very tall order. We don't have time to go into it, but when you look at what first-degree murder is versus not criminally responsible, that's the best his lawyers can do because this really is an open-and-shut case and... Uh, I don't think his lawyers would dispute that one iota. Ari, thank you for the insight. Pleasure. Toronto defense lawyer Ari Goldkind. I'm Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer. This is Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. And coming up next, how to protect yourself against bladder cancer, knowing the symptoms and getting the best support you can if you're a patient. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.